Awesome. Praise the Lord. You know, it's not always you, when you preach. And I finished yesterday, I got instant text from a pastor. When you get the text from a pastor, you know, <laughs> I mean, he was so thrilled. What he told me, very amazing. So I was going home singing, really singing. I was so encouraged. Praise the Lord. If you won't say hallelujah, I will say it alone. I was really, really encouraged because this work we do, oof, God will help us. Let us pray. Precious Father, I want to thank you again for the message you keep bringing to us to accept your love. All you want to do is to love us. So all you want to do is to love us. And through your love, your spirit will change us. Your goodness brings us to repentance. Actually, if you don't even help us, we can't repent. Thank you for emphasizing these teachings and confirming them independently from other people. We commit this hour into your hand. Pray that you will teach us again by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we... uh, theme of this conference is, you know, he healed them all. I'm going to talk about receiving your healing. And then the same way you receive your healing is the same way you receive everything else from God. It's not different. And so it's important that you listen to me. In Isaiah 53 verse 1, it says, who had believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who has believed our report? So that the arm of the Lord, the power of God, will be revealed to the person. Now, well, during the um, family forum, and I would really encourage us, please, to join the family forum. It's a very wonderful place. The discussions are rich. You know, it shows you a lot of things. I'm learning from there. So when we're discussing about listening, I realized that truly, truly, I was really, I had issues with listening. So I began to look at myself. And I began to check my life about interjecting when people talk. Because some of these things are cultural things we do, you know, from our background where we came from. If somebody says something, no, no, stop, let me tell you. You know, it becomes part of your life without knowing about it. But it's not the best thing. So as we're talking about, I realize that it happens even in church. It happens in church. Listening is very important. So you need, to, you need to take advantage of all these things that God put in place to enrich your life, to make you better. Tune in and listen. And if you want to hear some of these quiet people who don't talk like Brother Henry, you must tune in. Because that's when you hear them. You know, they are very quiet people in this church. They don't talk a lot. But family forum, they talk. And the reason you should tune in is also to hear them talk. Otherwise, you miss out on what they're saying. So it's, it's, I learned that thing about the importance of listening. And believe you me, it's serious. People don't really listen. We're not patient enough to listen. Listen to somebody out. We think we know where he's going and we cut him off. But we haven't even gotten all the information. So in the, I began to think about it and the sermons we preach, the announcements we make. And then Pastor Victor will make the announcement when we used to make it, you know, he'll make it all the way he could try to make you hear. If he make you laugh, then they'll call him after that and say, Pastor, was it announced? And they were sitting here and laughing. And he will demonstrate it to everything. They will still call him, Pastor, was it really announced? So I see that listening is important. If we, if we don't listen to God, we will lose. Brethren, you see this life? You just won. 
I buried a lot of people. It's just one. I buried people in this course of being a pastor. Young people, middle age, old people, a lot of people. This life is short. Don't kid yourself. Was it not January? Where are we now? It's going back fast. We started the church 20 something years, 20 years, 21 years ago. Some of you were in your 30s, now you are in 50s. And you want us to sing the same song you were enjoying when you were 30. Now you are 50s. Give chance to those who have come up now. Let them enjoy their own time. So life is not very long for you to just do whatever you like with it. Every year that passes is gone. One of the things that I regret today is that I had the opportunity to learn to play organ and I didn't take it. I cry for it. I'm not joking. We were given the privilege to learn to play organ in school as a subject. I took it in school, sat, made an A. But when they would call us to come to learn to play, we were making fun of our teacher. We called him Mr. Dwadwa Tedua. Mr. Kui said, Dwadwa Tedua has come. We start laughing. But there were two young people who took it serious. They, this day, my father, being a pastor, needed an organist. Guess who was playing for him? One of those boys. I sat there, tears dripping my eyes. I couldn't even help my father. Such a good man, I couldn't help him. Tears, I was looking at this with them by my classmate, leading our choir. And that was my father up there. And his son, God gave me opportunity. Would have been a great time for me to help him in his work. I couldn't. And today I think of it, sometimes I want to sing. I want to really sing. I say, if I had learned that and I just bought organ in my house, have myself a good service. Opportunities. Opportunities that God gave us. We just fluff it out like that. So we need to listen and make good use of opportunities that God presents. We are coming to church is an opportunity to learn something. Listen to the word of God is an opportunity to be blessed. Can I hear amen? amen. So here is, here is this woman called Lydia. Very rich woman. Very, very rich woman. Very, very rich woman. In Acts chapter 16 verse 14. One of them was Lydia from Tyre, A merchant of expensive purple cloth. Who worshipped God. As she listened to us. She listened to us. What happened? The Lord opened her heart. And she accepted what Paul was saying. Why? It was important to her. If it's not important to you, why should God open your understanding? If you think you know, God will leave you alone. I'm not kidding. If it's not important to you, God will leave you alone. I remember when my, my father's uh, senior sister lost, I think the son or something. So I packed to go, packed my things. Just at the door, I heard God say, He said, Let the dead bury the dead, come back and serve me. I'm at the door, <laughs> going to go and get the Kennedy to travel to the east. Let the dead bury the dead, come back and serve me. And I came back, and because we had workers', workers meeting, not even service. The Lord said, I'm not going to go to workers' meeting. So I went to workers' meeting, 
And right in that workers' meeting, I had an experience I will never forget. If I had traveled, I would have missed that. It was great intervention of God in my life. Right at the workers' meeting, why I was listening. I was listening. You know, if I wasn't listening to God, he wouldn't give me that instruction. He would leave me alone. Because um, I walk by my own wisdom, do what I like. No, he won't give you if you don't honor his words. If you don't honor his instructions, he won't give you. And he only knows what will happen to bless you and where the trouble is. He only knows it. If I'm not used to listening to him, used to doing whatever they say, doing everything. If I'm used to coming to church when I like, do what I like, he won't tell me that. You know. I'm not kidding, I want, and I will lose, and I'll be suffering for it. We just keep quiet. You know, my people say that life is where? They say those that the gods want to kill. What's the first thing they do? Close their ears. Hear and be healed. When you step in here, know that the presence of God is here. Humble yourself. This puppet, he speaks to us from it. Open your ears. So he will tell you other things that are important in your life. Praise the Lord. So God opened her ears and she heard. So we need to do that. And then, you know, if we don't listen, the, God, the word of God will sound vain to you. You know, Jesus was talking to his disciples about his death. And he really told them about it, what will happen. You know, that he'll be killed. They thought that he would rise again. You thought they were listening. They were not listening. They were not listening to him. They were more, important. They were more concerned about who is the greatest. Because he told them he was leaving. They started fighting over who would take over. You see your Bible. They were really quarreling over it. And it affected their faith. And they couldn't cast out demons. They were not listening to him. Let me show you into the Bible. In John chapter 28. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre. And he saw and believed. Nine. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So when Peter got in there and he didn't see him, he said, wow, he's not here. But he still didn't understand that that's what he was telling them. He said they knew not. They won't listen to him. Even when people went and came and told them he has risen, look at Luke 24 from 10. He said, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the disciples, apostles what has happened. But the story sounded like what? They're not reading. The story sounded like what? Nonsense to them. So they didn't believe it. It sounded like nonsense to them. Because you talk about rising from the dead. I've had anybody rise from the dead before. It sounded like nonsense to them. And he was telling them this all the time. You think they had him? Think here. You know, the Lord told me something very interesting. He said, do you know the story about uh, Israel in Numbers? How God gave them, said, this is your promised land, right? And told them to go what? Possess it. And they went there and they brought the fruits, evidence the fruits. But they said, we cannot do what? We can't take it. He said, that's the church today. I said, I never saw it like that. He said, that's the church today. He said, I'm telling you. He said, that's the church today. I'm showing them the blessings I have for them. And they're saying, we're too small. We can't take it. Let's read it now. 
Numbers 13, 23. They came unto the brook of Eshcol, cut down from things a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel had cut down from things, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron. They call it Aaron. It's not Aaron. They call it Aaron. Aaron, not Aaron. Am I right? And they went to Moses and Aaron. What? Aaron. And to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came unto the land with a thou sentest us. Surely it fled with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So we come here and sing about the goodness of God. Yeah, by the staffs of Jesus, we are here. Surely, yeah, oh God, we are good. And we dance so much, the ushers are saying, Come down. Say, No, no. Surely, yeah, we say that. What verse did I read? 27. And they told him and said, We came unto the land where thou sentest us, and surely he flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, that's why the trouble matters. They nevertheless did. Nevertheless, the people are be what? Strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled. How did they know? They haven't even gone through the whole land. Now they tell what. It's not confirmed. Really. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell in the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stayed the people before Moses and said, Let us go up, what? At once. And possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. That one. But the men that went up with him said they went to the same church. A different church. Their pastor was Pastor Chinedu. Not a different pastor. The same message. The Lord told me, he said, this is the church I'm showing you here. <laughs> Listen to me. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against this people, no. For they are stronger than we were. And they brought up and what? Evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw. Now, if you eat the inhabitants, why are you seeing anybody there? All the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants. Sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as what? Grasshopper Christians. 
And so we were in their sights too. They saw us as grasshopper, and we saw ourselves as a grasshopper. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and started crying. The Lord said to me, some Christians always see giants. No matter what you preach from your pulpit, they will always see giants. You tell them God has made you righteous, they say, how about sin? Say giant. We see sin. Say giant. Pastor, how can God make us righteous? How about sin? Say giant. And they will bring give you a report and kill the faith of many people. Tell me. Oh, God has healed you. Ah, bro, use wisdom. Bro. This sickness I know about. In fact, it killed that neighbor. And they say God is lying. They bring evil report and kill the faith of a lot of them. The Lord told me, he said, this is the church right here. I said, I never saw it like that. He said, that's what's happening. All over the body of Christ. People of evil report. They see giants all the time. When they pray, they see giants all the time. And they see themselves as grasshopper. They have no confidence in their relationship with God. They have this deep sense of unworthiness. Deep sense of unworthiness. He told them, look, God has made you righteous so that Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin for you so that you can become righteous in the eyes of God. They said, how can? So they look for somebody who is righteous to pray for them. Why are you doing that? Because in your eyes, you look like grasshopper. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in my, bed, in my bedroom. I didn't need anybody. Right in my bedroom, I said to the Lord, wow, who waits for a gift? You get this gift, why am I waiting for it? Right now, here and now, I'm receiving it. This gift is for those who are born again. I said, Lord, I received this baptism, a gift from you, you are faithful, thank you in Jesus, and I started speaking in tongues. I didn't need no pastor, nobody. God taught me that anything he says I am is what I am. And anything he says I have is what I have. And the thing is that I just have to believe it and they manifest for me. Some people are used to evil report. It's like they're addicted to it. Negative people. But here is a warning in Hebrews chapter 2. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. You can drift away from the truth you've heard. People can talk you out of it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and very, every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think that we can escape if we ignore this great salvation. If we ignore it. I was saying yesterday, if you want to please God, if you're interested in living a life that pleases God, and you want to live the fullness of divine plan in your life, you must understand the full range of salvation, the full range of your redemption. There's no plan God has for you outside of Jesus. No. 
If you like, we're making them steps right here. Don't sleep, you're wasting your time. In Christ is the fullness, the full consummation of divine plan for mankind. It's only in Christ. If you look to him, the Holy Spirit will show you what it is. And you don't have to struggle for it because it is freely given. You don't have to keep sleepless nights for it. It's yours. So we're talking about healing. You know, God can heal you through, her, through doctors and I'm not talking only about doctors, pharmacists too. God can heal you through hospitals and things. And I said it the first night. Don't do self-medication. Don't be sending your people in Nigeria medicine. That's not prescribed. Because you live in America, you want them to believe you know everything. You don't. When they say they have pain, you go and ask your friends what kind of uh, medicine they took. You buy it and send it to them. It's wrong. If you go to hospital and let a doctor prescribe their medicine, then you can buy it for them. So going to hospital is not lack of faith. What you need to do when you go to your doctor is to understand you go there because you are sick. You cannot be saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. That's not the scripture to use. You are sick. The scripture you should be using is the scripture for answer to prayer. Because the Bible talks of prayer of faith that brings healing. About that time you are praying, and then listen to me, you got to pray for your doctor because doctors are not God. Do you know they do surgery? Sometimes they do wrong surgery. And they do several surgeries to correct the first one. They are not God. So you got to pray for your doctor that God will show him what is wrong with you. And that God will give him wisdom to be able to prescribe correctly. Listen to me proper. Correctly. And that you pray for whatever medicine you are taking, that God will use it to heal you. If you pray with faith, it will happen. Can I hear amen? When I go to pray for people who are sick, I want to locate where they are, where they are comfortable. And that place you are comfortable, God will meet you at that place. The important thing is for you to be well. So don't think if you go to a doctor that you don't have faith. You do have faith. You do have faith. But if you, you don't have faith if you trust the man. If your faith is in the man. But if your faith is in your God and you are praying to God and say, Lord, he's a human being. Praise the Lord. Show him what is uh, wrong with me. And help him to prescribe the proper thing. And pray for the medicine you are taking. And the Lord will answer your prayer. What happens is that when you pray this prayer and believe it, listen to me. Your healing will be so fast, you won't believe your eyes. Because now there's divine, there's divine, there's power of the Spirit working on it. It won't be like the one doctor will prescribe without your prayer. You will see the hand of God. Your healing will be so fast. And when you are healed, you won't have any shortcoming. You know, I told you, I said, this one, they say, uh, I didn't do surgery on you. I'll give you this medicine. After I give you, you will not have children. No, it won't happen to you. Because if you pray and God heals you through that thing, the blessing of God, it make it rich and does not add. So after their treatment, you still have children. I'm telling you. And that's true. Because I've seen it happen. So you can go to hospital and the Bible says we should live within the level of our faith. Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given to me, 
to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt with each one a measure of faith. Think soberly. Think soberly. Don't do something because somebody came and gave testimony, I stood on the word that God healed. Don't try that way. It won't work for you. It won't work. You don't, faith is not imitation. You have to stay where you're comfortable and give your own testimony. It works for you. But when you study the word and your faith grows, and from within you, you have the persuasion and the conviction to act on it, it will work for you. You don't act on it because somebody gave his testimony. No. Thank God for the testimony. But go home and get your own faith from the word of God. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So we all receive what God gives us by faith. Romans 5.2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. It's undeserved privilege. Because of our faith. Because of our faith. Undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently, confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's uh, glory. It's because of our faith. It's not because of any other reason that we receive from God. James 1.6. James 1.6. But let him ask, what? In faith with no doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. So faith, our faith is what brings the answer to us. Actually, faith is receiving. So the place, the starting point of faith is your tongue. You receive with this thing, or you don't receive with this thing. This thing. Tongue. You receive with it, or you don't receive. Here, this is it. This is the starting point. I'm telling you, if you want to receive something from God, you first receive with what? Your tongue. Because it's a spiritual thing, so it's not physical something new. It's with your tongue. Words work spiritually. Words. It's with your tongue. So the tongue plays a very, very vital role in our receiving from God. In Proverbs 18.21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk, we reap the consequences of it. So, listen here. Let me say it again. You can talk yourself out of healing. Talk yourself into death. You can talk yourself into early death. Somebody can talk you into death. Somebody, your friend, can talk you into dying early. If you listen to them. I'm not joking. Say, pastor, the wife talked her into dying. And somebody warned the wife. I said, the way you are talking to this man... He would die soon, and it happened. The wife kept handing him, talking unbelief, harassing him. The man passed away. There's power in the tongue. Somebody can talk you out of your healing, talk you out of your prosperity, talk you out of serving God, talk you out of anything. Anything. You can talk yourself out of it too. Did you know the Bible says if you don't control this tongue, it will make your Christianity what? Worthless. So let's look at 
this scripture, Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, whosoever shall what? Say. What do you say with, with your hand? With your tongue. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Whatsoever you say and believe it is what is coming to your life. Whatsoever you say, negative or good, if you believe it, if you expect it, that's what you'll experience. That will be your reality. And Jesus said, even in prayer, it works the same way. He said, therefore, therefore is, I'm telling you this because of what I told you, this is what how it applies here. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, you speak, you speak word, you believe it shall come to pass. Say you should have it. So when you pray and speak words, you too should believe it shall come to pass. He said, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And then you shall have them. Mark 5, 27. When she heard of Jesus, first of all, she heard of Jesus, came in the praise behind and touched his garment. For she said, why did she start? Did she start with touching? Why did she start? She said, she said, if I may touch Betty's cloth, I shall be made whole. Is there any other thing she should have said? Something like, this thing is killing me. I don't even know if I will survive it. Is that not a, a possibility? Come on now. What other thing can she say? He said, ah, I, this thing has killed somebody in a village. Haba. God do. So if she had said, this thing is killing me, it will kill her. Simple. But she said, no, it will not kill me. I am going to touch him. And if I touch him, I'm going to be healed. Is that what she said? So she started by saying. Don't be careless with what you say. Because it's coming to you. Don't be careless with it. You know, when we started this church, my wife would tell you, empty chair. <laughs> empty. But because I knew this principle, I would come to church and say, hey, you just shout Hallelujah. Everybody here, shout amen. And then one pastor came in, looked at me, ran out. When I told these people that Pastor Chinedu has... Uh, so he came in, he peeped again, looking for who I was talking to. I was talking because I believed that what I say, we what? And before long, the church grew to 200, 300. I was saying it continuously. Saying it continuously. Saying it continuously. Saying it continuously. Initially, nothing. But I kept saying it. You hear, shout hallelujah. Say amen. Hey, hallelujah, thank you. Say amen. And I was talking to empty seats. But Foursquare had given me their process of church planting. When I came out, I ripped it. I said, this is not God. I told them, I said, I don't walk this way. I said, I follow Bible. God has principles. Can I hear Amen. You know when we left, they brought me a plaque. You know what they wrote on it? Feet. They brought me a big plaque. So when I started to say those things, that's when I started sowing the seed that I've seen today. 
And I'm, I'm saying a lot of things more. Now, my faith has gone crazy. He said, you didn't go crazy. What did you, you didn't go crazy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. First Samuel 17, 33. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You see the evils, evil report people? See the evil report people? They're always waiting for you at each corner. See, and Saul said to David, thou are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. They are the ones that see the giant all the time. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Hey, he talk of God protecting you from COVID. My friends, don't say that kind of thing. This is the killing thousands. This is another Saul. And in verse what verse 34, and David said unto Saul, listen to David, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the bed and smote him, slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he had defied the armies of the living God, 37. David said, David what? Said. David said. Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Did you hear how he started? From what he was? Faith speaks. Cause those things that are not. That's where he started saying it. He wasn't saying it from the natural. This other man was saying what is natural. David was saying what is spiritual. Let me read for that. First Samuel, Samuel 17, 41. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cast David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said, somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> David what? Say. When the devil brought evil report, David said. That's what I tell you on Sunday. Everybody evil report about my son, I said. When the devil attacked with evil report, I went into my pocket, I drew a sword of the word, and I kicked it back. Every time they call me for a meeting, and say all that thing, I say, you have attacked, I'm counter-attacking. I pull into my bag and bring a scripture. I say, children are a gift from God. All the gifts of God is good and perfect. I'll hit it back, pop! 
every time, evil report upon, evil report up from experts, from those who know, from those who know again, you can't know more than God. Can't know more than God. It's not possible. One day they said to me, if you know the harassment my son had from students, hey, they abused that boy. One of the teachers said to us, how did you train this boy? How did you bring him up? He said, this boy's smile will captivate you from one mile. In spite of all these things, his smile is special. He said, if I'm looking for fault in Ugo, I will find. That's a teacher. That thing would have weighed any regular person down. But the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I fear? David said, listen, let me tell you something. You speak, I speak. Tell me who has the final say. Jehovah. Yeah, but you have kept your mouth shut. And yet you are the oracle. That comes to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Come on, man. Wow. Make your boast in the Lord your God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. This young boy knew it longest time. He said, in the name of God, the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, 45, this day, not tomorrow, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass, the carcass of the host of Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. The young boy. Hebrews 11.2 For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understood we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. David was framing the outcome. He was declaring it. In the physical, there was nothing physical that would make it uh, happen. But he said the Lord. Number two, when you say, you act on it. Are you following me? When you say, you what? Act on First Samuel 17, 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. That's when the robber missed the... When you say, you act. Without acting, your words are vain. Any word without action is meaningless. You can't come and tell me that you love me when your actions are telling me something else. Actions speak louder. They say your action will let us hear what your mouth is uh, saying. Actions speak louder. So when you say these things, you act. So um, in 1 Samuel 
1748. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh unto meet David, that David, David, ah, you are not reading with me. David, what is hasted? No reservation. David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. 49. And David put his hand in his bag, took ten stone, and they slung and slung it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. David acted. When you, when you, when you say, what do you do? Thank you. That's why it's good to have daughters. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. This is special. Wonderful wife. You are watching your husband. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so, so he acted. Because action is what lends credence to what you're saying. So when he acted, he, ran, he went out to meet this man and he took action that shows to him that what he's saying, he means it. Look at Mark chapter 5, 27. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the praise behind and touched the garment. And after saying, oh, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If he doesn't go, she will be made whole. It was that going, that touching, that made her Action. 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 Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, but you are miserly and stingy. You are not blessed yet. If you are blessed, you act like you are blessed, and then you start manifesting. You come to, you want to give God offering, you put your hand on If $20 is coming, you put it back and check again. And then $5 is coming, you put it back. You are not blessed yet. If you act blessed, you get Praise the Lord. If you want to say I'm blessed, then act blessed. Give to the poor. Give, give. You are saying, God, I'm really blessed. You know what will happen? Then the blessings will flow. You are blessed and nobody has ever eaten anything from you. Christmas, you have not sent anything to anybody. If you want to send, you go to the bank and they're counting it. $20, you are sending it to them. And the cashier is saying, send it to your mother. I say, no, I'm not sending. So because she went and touched, she put her word in action. That's what reveals that she has faith. You know, there's something that confuses Christians. I want to talk about it and clear it out of your way. You know, James says in James 2.17, and even so faith, if it had no works, it is dead, being alone. 18, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. He says, faith has what? Works. Faith without works is dead. But Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. And people will say, ah, oh, Paul and James are writing to, no, no, no. They're saying exactly the same. 
If you read what James is writing, James is writing to believers scattered abroad, Jewish believers scattered abroad. They were pass- passing through persecution. That's why they were scattered. So James was telling them about the faith to receive, faith to live by. It's not faith to be saved. No, because we're writing to people who are already saved. But Paul was writing about the gospel that is preached to the heathens. He said, I was sent to the Gentiles. So he was writing the gospel that God revealed to him. That he preached everywhere. He said, I was not sent to baptize you people. I was sent to preach the gospel. Woe is me if I preach not what? The gospel. So he was teaching that the gospel is not received by works. The gospel is received by faith. It's a matter of uh, grace. Do you see the difference now? Paul was talking about the gospel. That, hey, we've been saved by grace. It's not your works. It is what Jesus did that gave us life. So it's not your works. So in this, in this faith for salvation, your work is not uh, required. But when you are saved now, and you want to receive from God, your works is now required. Because you have to show God that what you are saying, you now believe it. But when you come to be saved, you are saved by grace. So Paul says it's not a works. Why? Jesus did it all. It's free. So you can see Paul is writing to the sinners about the gospel, and James is writing to the Christian that the just shall not live by his uh, faith. So your faith, your daily walk in Christ is proved by the works it produces. Praise the Lord. So now when you are saved, the Bible says there is fruit that shows that you are now saved. There is fruit that shows that you are now saved. Philippians 1.11. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Now you have Christ. Somebody sees the change. You know, when I got saved, I didn't understand much, but my father was a pastor, so he was confused a little bit. What is my son getting into? What church is he joining? And I'm a pastor. And I said, Papa, now I understand your life. I didn't really understand your life. But he said something. He said, People, he said, please leave Emmanuel. This boy's life has changed. I didn't know much, but he, he saw it. He saw that something new has happened. I didn't know much. He said, you people should leave him more. This boy's life has really, really changed. Because that's what we are preaching. Come to Christ, and Christ will give you a new life. The Bible said that that's the fruit of that salvation. And when I got saved, I, didn't, I went to her and begged her. I said, I didn't know I was like this. I said, how did he live with me? I said, this man was an animal. I begged her. See, the fruit of him, a new man has come. And that man is made to be like Christ. Can I hear amen? The, pop, the salvation thing, the goal of it all, is that God will have full expression of his life through you. Through you. Through you. That's what it is. In, in Hebrews 2.11. Hebrews 2.11. For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all one. Are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them. But he said, he that sanctified and they who are sanctified, which yourselves, the one that sanctified is Christ. And we who are 
being sanctified is we believers. He said we are one. So that the, the point is that, that God, that Christ will have full expression to me. So when people want to see Jesus, they simply have to what? Look at me. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Praise the Lord. Acts 14, 7. Are you following me? Am I shooting over your head? Acts 14, 7. And there they preach the gospel. See, the gospel, Paul was preaching about healing. That Jesus had healed you. That's what he was preaching to them. He said, how do you know? Because somebody heard it and got healed. And then in verse 8, and there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never walked. Verse 9, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceived that he had faith to be healed. He had faith to be healed. But he was sitting there. And said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. How do you tell somebody who has never walked to stand upright? Because he said, this man has faith. He's believed what I'm preaching you. He has believed that Jesus took away his sicknesses and God made him whole. He really believed it. Believed it. And Paul saw him and perceived. Perceived that he has believed it. He said, rise now, rise. Put action. Take action. And the man walked. What? Come on, what? The man what? Jumped up. How do you jump up? You have not walked before. The man really had faith. He jumped up. He wasn't trying to say, hey, let me see. What did you say, sir? I said, yeah, okay. I've never walked. Let me try. No. He jumped up because faith was there. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Look at Hannah. First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.15. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor drunk, strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not that handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Elias answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Verse 18. Verse 18, and she said, let thy handmaid find what? Grace in thy sight. So the woman went away, number one, and did it, number two, her countenance was no more sad. What does it tell you? She believed what the pastor told her. Believed it. No more sorrow, because she's like, man, I got it. Her countenance was no more sad. So she wasn't going around and said, Sister, eh, if I tell you, eh, if you know what I'm going through in this house, that's my husband. He's a good man, no. Only the second wife he married. I don't know, he's a devil. She won't get anything. Her countenance was no more sad. And she made food, falena, and ate. Why? She believed what that man told her. 
she believed it. And action showed that she believed it. Action. Number three. Number three. Number three is you receive it when you act. Now, if you say what you are saying and act, listen to me very well. Don't miss this thing. I'm telling you, don't miss this, you know. If you say what you're saying and act your word out, your role is done. The next one is God's business. Because it's not your role to bring the thing. It's God that gives it to you. That's the point at which you receive it. You've said it. You acted it. Now God does his part. So it's not your business to be checking God. No, no. It is his business. Can I hear amen? amen? Now let's see if it is not true. Let's go back to Paul and read about Paul. In Acts chapter 14, he says, no, let's see Peter. Peter, hey, how can we forget Peter? Apostle Peter. Let's see if I have Peter here. Yes. Acts 3, 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, such, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Did he rise up? He didn't. There has to be action. There must be action. People are waiting to see before they act. It won't work. I'm not kidding you. It won't work. It's not going to work. There has to be action. There must be action. And he took him by the hand and what? Lifted him up. That was action. That was when the man received it. After he acted. Look at it right there. It's right here. Verse 7, and he took him by the hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. When did it happen? After he acted. The woman went and said, if only I would touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If she sat there, nothing would happen. But she went and really touched. And when she touched, what happened? The power flew out. It happens all the time. You don't need, you don't need retrust. It happens all the time. All the time. You say it, you act it, God is obligated now. Because those that trust in him shall never be put to shit. Power comes. Jesus said, who touched me? They say, sir, people are touching. You say, no. Somebody touched me with faith. Power has gone up. So the, the woman didn't need permission of Jesus. It's automatic. Automatic. We read it here. Immediately Peter lifted him up. The Bible said immediately. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Immediately. All the time. All the time. That's when you receive it. Praise the Lord. Am I teaching something strange? That's when you receive it. And the, the Bible says that's when the woman felt in her body. She felt it. The power came, she felt it. But we want to feel it before we act. You won't feel nothing. 
All you feel, feel is more crying and so. No, no. You don't look for feeling. You want to act on what you said and keep acting on what you said and then the feeling will come. Praise the Lord. Then the fourth thing you need to do, you must give your testimony. People don't know that this is part of it. You must tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. Because sometimes people are afraid. God has healed you. You know he healed you. But you won't tell anybody because you are, you are not sure. You lose it. You go away. I'm telling you, you lose it. You go, it will go away. It's going, not whether we will go. No, 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 no. You have to testify. That confirms that I'm sure that I received it. Why are, you, then why are you not telling somebody, Pastor, I want to be sure now? Listen, you will lose it. It's not state. It's not state. Matthew 5, 19. How be it, Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and had, had compassion on thee. Say it. Tell your friends. God healed me. God healed me. They will say, ah, hey, are you sure? Yeah. He healed me. They say, okay, when I see, I believe. No, me, I have seen, I believe it. He healed me. Go tell your friends. If you are sure, if you are not doubting it, if you are not fearful, tell your friends what God has done for you. That's the procedure. You say it, act on it, works for you, you tell it. You say it, Go with me. You what? Say it. Number one, you do what? Say it. Number two, act on it. Number three, you receive it at that point. Number four, you tap. Let's go through that. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Now, the devil counteracts and wants to bring the symptoms back. You must not change what you've said. Lie, lie, do, do. You must not change. If you change it, it take it from you. You must insist that what I said to yesterday, I'm still saying today. And he will flee from you. He will flee from you. Now, let me give you a scenario because I want to close with this. Now, supposing my business is not going well and all I'm doing is listening to TV and talking about the economy and how things are going south. And high inflation is uh, everywhere. And then, you know, you have this group of unbelieving believers and fire extinguishers. All you talk about is politics. You know, when you, when you speak, you know what you speak? Those things you are talking about. That's what you'll be talking about. It's natural. That's nothing I'm going to talk about. But if I fill my heart with the word of God, out of the abundance of the heart, what will come out? What will come out? What you hear is important. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Remember, if David came and said, after Saul said, you can't fight this man, David said, sir, I know you're a king. Maybe I will believe you. Hi! Did you see the height? Hi! I'm not sure. You know, if he goes there, the man will kill him. But he stood there and said, no, sir. I know God. I've seen God walk. That same God will take him out. And heaven said, Amen. Because he was, he was putting God in the right perspective. 
that God is God. So you can't start talking evil of God and expect that God will work for you. He only confirms his word. So be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Be careful who you listen to. Evil communication. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So number one. I didn't hear this. Let me come here. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. These people are better than you people. They were having mercy on you. Teach them, Jerry. Teach them. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Now, if the enemy comes back, what do you do? Say it. If the enemy comes back, what do you do? Now, everybody, number one. Ah, I said everybody. Everybody, number one. No, no, no. I want you to use your fingers because I want it. In, I want this thing written in your heart. Number one, say. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Now talk to your neighbor and tell your neighbor. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Because uh-huh. I want it really written in your heart. You won't forget it when you leave here. Because I want you to get results. Listen to me. If you, if you get used to this, it will become a second nature to you. That's how I live my life. I get terrible, terrible attacks. Whew. You have no idea. Sometimes they gag up on me. Demons gag up on me a lot. I'm not kidding you. I'll be lying down to sleep. I see them. I would say I laugh. I say they come. They'll see them in they'll gang up. And then they come to me like, like a group. I'm not kidding. They come to, like they want to cut me, they want to come, like a horde of them. And I fight back. I'll say it, act on it, receive it, tell. And it works all. Will you do that? You know what I'm telling you? I love you. I want to see you 